Welcome to the Wet Wired Podcast, premium episode number two, Oh Canada. I'm Sean Andes. And I'm Julian Paul Butt. That's right, everyone. This is the Trucker Convoy episode. We're all truckers now, Jules, just as the Founding Fathers intended. We're back from a bit of a break. Jules and I have been touring truck stops and highway rest areas across the United States so that we can better understand the real concerns of our nation's truck drivers. We've been eating fried pork chops. We've been eating mashed potatoes with gravy. We've taken showers that you have to pay for by the minute. On the very cusp of the U.S. convoy setting off across the country, the People's Convoy, the Convoy to Save America, I'm actually having a hard time figuring out which groups are participating in what areas. It seems like there are a number of groups that are all participating in one way or another, but I can't really tell if there's anybody specifically in charge of the U.S. convoy, like as in, as in individual organizers, or it, do, it doesn't seem, I can't really tell. I don't know. I thought it was really funny that they actually went with the people's right. convoy. Right, exactly. Like, how, how communist is that? <laughs> Whoever they're with, the truckers have officially left their rally point near Barstow, California, uh, today as we record on February 23rd. Ultimately, they plan to arrive in Washington, D.C. on March 6th, or around March 6th. They have quite a route. They, they have a lot of the waypoints uh, mapped out. I've seen a lot of different maps, and they're roughly all the same. They're going to be running along I-40 for, for a few days and then start traveling north uh, once they get to the Midwestern states. Do they go through New Mexico? They absolutely do. They will be passing through the sunny state of New Mexico on Friday the 25th. Do they not know the name of New Mexico? The land of entrapment. <laughs> right, we'll, 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 see, we'll see if they actually get to leave New Mexico. I, I love New Mexico to death. I was born there. However... Many stories start with, yeah, I was driving through New Mexico, then my truck broke down, and I just stayed here. I, I've met a lot of people that have that story. We, we, had, we stayed overnight, and we, had to, we waited for a part for our car, and then we just stayed. So the, the coolest part of the People's Convoy and the Convoy to Save America is that the ultimate plan, the most popular one that I've seen so far, is that they are going to drive across the United States, arrive in Washington, D.C. around the first the, the end of the first week of March. And then the plan is to just drive really slow around the Beltway. That's it. They're <laughs> just going to do laps. They are very clear that they have they are not intending on crossing into D.C. proper because they feel like that's just it's too risky that people are talking about getting shot by the Secret Service and invoking a military response it is a very different tone from the Canadians who just like went right up to the Parliament building, Parliament yeah. Square in, in Ottawa and just camped out and set up, you know, like we'll talk about all this stuff. But they were partying right in front of the of the of the government buildings. It almost seems topsy turvy to me between which one I would expect to do which one it said. Seeing seeing the U.S. sort of get out crazied by Canadians is really inspiring. It's pretty good. 
I've been following this on Telegram a lot because it seems like the place where people are speaking the most freely. And I saw more than a few people on the Telegram channel complaining that there was no plan for after the convoy gets to D.C. I say more than a few. I mean, like, out of the hundreds and hundreds of people that are posting on these different trucker Telegram channels, there were a handful, maybe, um, you know, like 10, 15 total that had an issue with what the what the what the end game was. Like people talking about how it doesn't make any sense to go all that way and then just do nothing when they get to, once they get to DC. The response that they're getting is either like total silence, like just no interaction at all, or they just get shouted down immediately. You know, with huh. comments like, you know, well why don't why don't you just sit tight and you watch how America gets saved? <laughs> That's the response to not to any criticism of not having a plan for what they're going to do once they get to D.C. is you're just a naysayer. I don't see you coming up with anything. Step one, steal underwear. Step two. Step three, profit. Yeah, step two is always the question mark. In this case, step two and three is the question mark. Step one is drive, drive across the country in a big rig. I think this really says something about. The expectations, not necessarily of the drivers, but at least of the supporters, the people who support the drivers, it's kind of like how people play the lottery. You know, they think, oh, I showed up at the store with my money. I bought my ticket and the rest is just going to be up to God. I don't have any say in, in the outcome at all. I have no I, I don't if I try to plan something, it's not going to work out anyway. So I'm not going to, you know, like I chose my special numbers and bought the ticket. If I win, I win. Then if I don't, I don't. I, it's not up to me. They just get in the truck. They handle the logistics of getting there. And they're all professional drivers. I'm not talking about the tag-alongs and, and personal vehicles. I'm talking about the people who actually drive trucks for a living. So these professional drivers, they know how to plan a route. They have the logistics down. They can do that no problem whatsoever. But they're used to just dropping off something when they get there. <laughs> they're not... They're not planning on anything. Somebody else unloads the truck when they get there, not them. And they're yeah. treating it pretty much exactly like a delivery. They're they're just transporting them themselves and their truck across the country. And then profit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't find this to be exclusive to these folks. I observe this all the time in more left circles. I was chatting with somebody just the other day. There was some some trots that were on the street corner that were something about unions and Starbucks or something like that. And they wanted me to sign it. And it was a good excuse to talk to them about whatever the fuck. It was a riveting conversation when it got to the point of handing me a flyer and saying, come to the protest. I said, I usually don't do protests. I don't find them to be particularly effective. I said, why would it be effective to this particular person? Not in an argumentative or, or confrontational way, but in a sincere way. Why? What, what is the ambition of this protest? And they said, well, to support the union and, uh, strikers, the such and such seven, and to speak truth to power. That's not, that's not what this person said, but something, it was that, it was that sentiment of, yeah, we gotta, we gotta let it be known that this is, this is not good, this is unacceptable. That's really why I don't typically go to protests most of the time. I'm not saying they're always useless or anything like that, but most of the time I'm just not interested. Because a lot of the time, 
when I ask these questions, the answer is, well, we just gotta, we gotta speak truth to power. To whom? <laughs> I mean, who gives a shit? All the people who give a shit, you can meet them. And the people who have the power don't give a shit. Right. I mean, you're just an obstacle that they have to like walk around to get into the place they were trying to go. Yeah. If even that. About the only time that I think that that does have a significant impact is when there is such a um, a momentum to a protest that things have to get shut down or stock prices start falling or something like that. Then that's really that's the whole point is what we really want to do is draw attention to the the things that we're saying. I mean, me speaking as a protester. Yeah, I'm showing up so that or organizing it because I want people to pay attention to the thing, you know, whatever cause it is that I'm supporting. It's either PR or networking that are usually the most effective consequences. Networking in terms of all the other people showing up there may actually be just the sorts of folks with whom you want to organize other more tangible direct action. And the PR would be if you have a good protest, it is to get publicity and draw attention to the thing. It's going to sound cynical, but one of the things that I've noticed most often in the protests that I've attended, the the most common outcome is new couples forming. <laughs> like people okay. getting dates. Okay, Sean, there are three things. There are three. It's it's way more often that people hook up or start or start dating each other than any kind of political change happens. So while we're waiting to see what happens in the U.S. We're going to talk a little bit about how we got to this point. Way back on January 29th, 2022. That was such a long time ago. I, why does it that feel like it was like so eternity. long ago? It, it wasn't even four weeks. Hundreds of Canadian big rigs converged in Canada's capital, Ottawa. The Canadian truckers threatened to blockade border crossings and tie the city up in gridlock until their demands were met. Well, I should say demand. One demand. Just they one. wanted to end the vaccine mandate for long-haul truck drivers that had routes that crossed into the United States. That was it. This is a real niche issue. Yeah. Be- because of it, uh, of the association, it attracted a lot of supporters that were simply a- anti-vaccine or anti-vaccine mandate, period. But that was the niche issue that started all this. <laughs> 